0: throw down thursday shakes pals i am so excited for today's episode i'm gonna just dive right into it but before we do that i want to say a quick thank you again to alex benarzi for coming on last week to talk about which shakespeare character would be the best blogger and uh an apology for just not tweeting out our poll until wednesday because it was thanksgiving and i forgot that social media existed so that poll is up on twitter uh kate from Taming of the Shrew is currently in the lead, but Hal is creeping up close. So make sure you get over there and vote. You can always vote on Twitter at P2M Pod or Instagram and TikTok at P2M Pod as well. So we've got Mia Gosling of Good Tickle Brain on today, talking about who would be the best comic artist, and we're just gonna we're just gonna dive right in. I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to protest too much. A Shakespeare Showdown podcast where a guest and I go head to head each week and you get to decide who wins. All right. So today we are talking about the best, who would be the best comic artist in all of Shakespeare. And with me, I am so excited. I've got comic artist and creator of Good Tickle Brain, Mia Gosling. Mia, thank you so much for being here.
1: Thanks. I'm really excited to be here.
0: So y'all, if you haven't, if somehow you have gotten to the year 2022 and not perused the entire backlog of Good Tickle Brain, I don't know what you've been doing with your time. H- M- Mia, how long have you been producing that?
1: Uh, I started in September of 2013. So next yeah. year is going to be my big 10-year anniversary, which is really alarming. Uh, but yeah, it's it, it started off as just kind of like, Me posting random Shakespeare comics uh on Facebook and eventually friends were like, you know, you just get a get a website and and share this with a wider audience. It's like, okay. And it's it's just kind of grown since there. It's just been absolutely bizarre.
0: (laughs) They are they are so funny. All of the little comic strips are they just make me laugh. I was saying before we started recording, I love that um, irreverence, not really irreverence, but like it's not taking Shakespeare too seriously. It's making jokes and it's a lot of the inspiration for this podcast is taking Shakespeare and making it fun and silly and little tiny little nuggets that just make your day a little brighter.
1: Yeah. And I think that's just so incredibly important. The work that you're doing as well is, is just making Shakespeare regular fun. Like you talk about Shakespeare, like you would talk about the latest episode of Star Trek or something like that. You just it's 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 a story and it's a world and the characters that you just have fun with and want to share that fun with friends. And so I think it's really important everybody out there who's doing that kind of work to break down and and make Shakespeare fun and engaging for everybody.
0: Yeah, it's it's great and and like you mentioned there's been so much of that lately and it makes it makes me happy it's a nice little world
1: the more the merrier
0: the more the merrier sometimes i forget that there are still people who hold shakespeare very very uh strongly in their 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 clutches of superiority and i'm like oh i forgot you exist i forgot you're still here
1: yeah they're probably so mad at us too
0: (laughs) so mad cry more right um So, Mia, where can everyone find Good Tickle Brain and the rest of your work outside of it?
1: Well, you can find all the comics I've done in the past nine years at goodticklebrain.com. I also can be found at Good Tickle Brain on most forms of social media, although I'm trying not to post there too much because social media is slowly sucking my soul out. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, that, that's it. Goodticklebrain.com. You can sign up for my email newsletter. You could support me on Patreon at patreon.com slash goodticklebrain, like all great creators.
0: Yeah, I love that. I didn't realize you had a Patreon and uh, I will be busy after this recording. <laughs> um, <laughs> I am So I'm so excited to have you here. I'm so excited to talk about comics and art and for me this is an area where I'm still very very new Um, I have a friend who's an artist Emily Swan she's been on the show a couple times and we've done a series called sketching Shakespeare where I bring a Shakespeare passage and she turns it into a comic page and the way that her brain just takes these words that are 450 years old and makes them something interesting and different that I could never have thought of I think that's part of being an artist that I see as magical. Like I just, I don't, and then to put it on the page and it looks like what you wanted it to look like that to me is, is sorcery of the highest degree. So talk to me a little bit about what makes a good comic artist. What, what elements are you looking for? What
1: skills do they need? Well, this like a really, every time this kind of question comes up, I, I'm like, Oh, I, I don't actually know because it's <laughs> like, the term comics is so broad and sort of vague and encompasses so much. So you've got like comic books like Marvel and DC and, and like adventure comic books. And then you have mm-hmm. graphic novels, you have like Persepolis, and you have uh, longer narrative forms that are, can be very serious or also humorous, but it's one continuous story. Uh, and then you've got like comic strips, like Peanuts, Calvin and Hobbes, uh, all the, you know, all those good stuff, which I grew up reading. Uh, so, for me, like comic strips is really what I think of as my milieu, if I can sound fancy. Um nice. rather than these other aspects of comic artist. But it, it it the umbrella of comics covers so many different sort of things. So like a comic book writer or a graphic novel writer or an artist is gonna have a very different sort of skill set and perspective than a comic strip writer. And even in comic strips, you've got like fun stuff like Calvin and Hobbes, and then you've got you know, more satirical stuff like Doonesbury. And and you have, like, serial adventures as well. They're just, like, they're not even trying to be funny. They're just telling a sequential story, serialized. And so even comic strips have so many different kinds of forms. But if we're looking at sort of, like, what I do and sort of the the, the comics that I respond to the most, comic strips, um, I think when you're looking at, at being a comic strip creator, there's a couple... Things that I think help you do that effectively and one is uh being observant like everything you put in the comic strips is coming from somewhere and somewhere is the world and so it's like you look what's out there and then you process it and then you figure out what you want to do with it and you put it back on the paper so for me it's a lot of it is Shakespeare um but also like I'm observing uh how people are reacting to Shakespeare, like Shakespeare criticism, Shakespeare performance. And I'm like synthesizing all of that and putting it down. So I think, I think all comic creators have to be very observant and and then also obviously creative because you have to take what you're observing and then create some way of translating it into a comic strip that says something um, special or different that you want to get across to people. So obviously creative. Um, I think obviously wit humor uh is a is a if you're doing a kind of fun comic strip which i hopefully am then having some sort of like humorous perspective or you know fun wordplay uh any any kind of off kilter sort of sense of humor i think that that's obviously uh really good um Oh, you have to be a good communicator because you have a story that you want to tell. And so you have to be able to communicate it clearly. And in comic strips, the real estate for words is so limited that you have to really be concise and be like, "Okay, this is what I want to say. I can't write half a page. It has to be two sentences. And the sentences have to be this long each. And I had to figure out what the best sentences are. So communication.
0: Um, I was I was like (laughs) getting excited about a Shakespeare character until you hit communication. And now I'm just like, there's no one. who who, no one is that so i mean uh... no
1: one no one is concise that might be a point we have to concede on this particular front um and then one quality which i've sort of went back and forth on including but i i think it's good is empathy because when you're drawing and creating comic characters on the page i feel like you really need to inhabit those characters uh almost like an actor would inhabit a role and i think if you have if, if you're An empathetic person then you're much easier to say okay this is what this person is doing in this particular time and this is how I can convey it so it all sounds very grandiose but like when I sat down and thought about okay what 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 qualities in comic artists do I respond to those that's what I came up with
0: yeah those are really those are really good I'm a little nervous to to know who I'm gonna have to kind of check this list off for so let's dive right into it Mia who do you think would be the best comic
1: artist in Shakespeare this is really this is really hard <laughs> <'Cause>, <laughs> yeah <laughs> um I, I i it's interesting because sequential art storytelling existed during Shakespeare time I mean, if you look at the Bayou tapestry back at the Norman Conquest that is essentially one long comic strip yeah. so it's, it's but there wasn't you know there wasn't this kind of contemporary comic strip art form at the time. I went with. Rosalind, okay, uh, who I think checks a lot of the boxes off for me.
0: Mia, who do you think I I think is the best comic okay. artist in Shakespeare?
1: So, like, th- this was really fun because when you when you posed this question to me, I instantly knew who my choice for worst <laughs> comic artist would be. Um, and it took me a while to sort of settle on who I thought would be the best, but uh. Uh, I I have four choices, but the number one choice for worst comic artist is is Coriolanus.
0: Oh, no. So we, I... I we, it's all the bad boxes. It's all like X's and all... Oh, gosh. I... Oof.
1: Oofs it, and oofies. <laughs> now, you know, we could expand comic artist to encompass these other things like comic books and graphic novels and nope. stuff. So... Nope.
0: We're gonna stick. We're gonna stick straight to comic strip artist. Um, I'm going to let you take several minutes to argue your point for Rosalind, um, so that I can Google. Hey Siri, why would Coriolanus be a good comic strip artist?
1: I, I can't wait to hear you come up with because my creativity did not extend that far as to come up with a good <laughs> argument. So Rosalind, I think. Uh, there's lots of characters that I kind of was looking for, but I ended up settling on Rosalind because she uh, is just this very sort of dynamic, creative force in her play. Um, she's a she's a wonderful storyteller. Like she completely inhabits. A different identity she comes up with this whole narrative of her and celia going in the forest and creating this new life and identity together so it's, 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 she's able to extemporaneously come up with these stories but she also is very responsive to the people and environment she is she's in she's always observing interactions between people she she can um sort of look at, at another person and get their character and figure out what makes them tick and how to needle them or how to get a response out of them you see her interactions with jake and and orlando where she, they're sort of like bantering back and forth and she's you know incredibly witty like she's there with a the comeback every single time and she's able to needle and skewer jake Weiss's really serious pomposity and melancholy uh and then she just you know ping pongs back and forth with Orlando <laughs> and it's 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 just so much fun to listen to her wit and her her comebacks but she's she's a really I think I think she's she's very observant in and she's very clear-eyed about situations that she's in including about herself which is another thing that I think is important is a sort of degree of self-awareness especially when you're drawing comics that are related to your life like a lot of contemporary web comics are about you know there's like a whole genre of web comics that are cartoonist struggles to create cartoon. And, (laughs) and I love those because they're so, they're so applicable to everybody because everybody has these kinds of struggles where like, I need to do the thing, but I can't get myself to do the thing. And, and there's a degree of self-awareness in a lot of comic creators that you are able to see a foible in yourself And then make fun of it and then turn it into a piece of art that communicates that with other people and i think rosalind has that in spades as well like she realizes she's being ridiculous with her whole ganymede ploy to try and win orlando's hand she (laughs) she realizes this um you know there's no sense that this is like that that she's looking at this as being like something that's really really serious and sacred and second no she's she's making fun of herself she's admitting to celia this is ridiculous um and i think that sort of ability to be aware of your own foibles and turn them into something humorous is, is just makes her a fantastic entertainer. And I think uh, would make her a fantastic comic creator. So, and and, and, I mean, you look at the way that she orchestrates the whole resolution of the, the love, what octangle or whatever it is by the end of it. uh she's 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 moving characters around as if there were characters in her comic strip he's like okay phoebe's gonna go here sylvius is gonna go there orlando's (laughs) gonna go here my father's gonna go there and everything's all lined up and she has this whole like oh there's gonna be a spectacular conclusion and this wonderful satisfying narrative conclusion um a little bit deus ex machina but you know (laughs) sometimes we write ourselves into corners uh (laughs) But it's just it's just that combination of observation, self awareness, a brilliant sense of humor, and a sparkling wit, and this ability to sort of create a story on the fly, uh, that I think make her that would make her a really interesting comic artist.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, but have you considered, actually, Coriolanus would be the best the best comic.
1: <laughs> oh my gosh! You think so? <laughs> wow Oh yeah oh tell oh, me yeah. more
0: okay i will tell you so much more all right um so let's start with your checklist right uh being observant being able to kind of read the room. um uh i think that a master soldier someone who who is able to lead soldiers through battle and win um It's very observant he is and and he's uh he's gone back and forth with Ophidia several times and and wins right so to be able to win several battles as well as as wars and to kind of see the big picture of leading you know a group of people um super observant have to be super observant of a battlefield right okay here actually here's the thing um okay no I've got something Um, No, you're doing great. (laughs) Being a general, being a good general of soldiers is like moving pieces around, being able to see the the big picture as well as the small details, knowing how to use your soldiers to your advantage to win a battle. That is is like being a a comic strip artist because you have to be able to see the big picture of the story you're trying to tell. And then also, kind of like you said of Rosalind at the end, moving those little pieces, putting them in order, putting them in line to create a a winning story, right? He he is able to observe the big picture, see what has to happen, and execute it. So I would argue... um, that another thing to put on your list is is follow through and persistence
1: <laughs> right oh my gosh yes we comic creators definitely need follow through
0: right so like and i i mean as a as a creative myself i that is one thing that i lack sometimes i have lots of big ideas but then when it comes time to like actually do them that's that's another story I'm that's, busy. that's that day. the hard part yep <laughs> so coriolanus has that right he will not let himself back down. He will not let himself kind of uh, pull back. And so if he has an idea and he sees this big picture, he is going to do whatever it takes to succeed in that arena, whether that arena is war or or comics. Um, also, he's creative and has humor and also is a communicator. He, he communicates. Um, I mean, uses- yes, he's... He works his words. Yes, he does. (laughs) You're you're absolutely right. He says things. And also, uh, he has empathy because he's definitely, he and Aphidius definitely are in love. And, you know, sometimes that that frustration, um, a really good tool for that, that would maybe, ooh, okay, maybe help him to work and process some of his feelings that are a little bit complex and complicated would be art. If he had an outlet, who knows? He might have been even a decent person.
1: Oh, I really like that because i think that's true i think if if he had the practice of drawing comics about his own life he would have to face up to some hard truths about himself and sort of evaluate where he was going and i think that's (laughs) yeah 100 that that that's true yeah
0: i think that's really the funniest thing about having to argue coriolanus for this is that he has so so, like zero self-awareness
1: he cannot
0: understand and like when you said he has they have to be observant of like the way that people act around them and how to kind of create their own worlds from that. Like he does, he
1: has that maybe the least out of any other Shakespeare. He's, he's ter- <laughs> do, do you want to hear the other terrible cartoonists I came up with?
0: Oh yes, please.
1: Okay. Um, so Coriolanus is obviously not a traditionally comic character. The others I have are, are much more comic. Um, I think Sir Andrew, like he's, he's humorous, but he's humorous, not on purpose like yeah. everybody laughs at him at like him. He, yeah and like when he tries to make jokes they're not great jokes and like he's he's just a sort of like lovable bumbling guy but I think as a creator he doesn't have that sort of observation and self-awareness to really put something down um love sir nope. Andrew uh yes, yes. <laughs> uh, I think hollow furnace would be a ghastly Comics, creator. He's oh the God, kind of guy. he's would be so boring and dry. It, and like, and the thing is, he thinks he's really, really funny, but yeah. he's so elitist and obscure. And like I do show you how smart I am by my jokes, which you don't get, and that proves yes. that I'm smart. And yes. I just, I like, I think he would just be horrendous,
0: abysmal. Yeah, it would be. It would be so pretentious. And you talk about not being self-aware. Like his whole goal would be like, yes, I'm educating. Uh, the youths in comedy and culture, and everyone's reading it, just rolling their eyes. So exactly.
1: Hard. Nobody's reading Holofernes' comic. <laughs> like, like I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, and then my last pick for worst uh, comic creator was um, uh, Dogberry, just because he's so incoherent. Like, like nobody, nobody would understand what he's trying to say. It's just, yeah. Those
0: are all such good picks for such different reasons. Like, they all offer some terrible uh, quality that th- – all of those are hard. All Every single one of those is, like, impossible to argue. But yeah. I do think Coriolanus is the worst.
1: <laughs> I, I think he is. I think just the pure pig-headedness of refusing to see any other perspective but his own is just makes him a terrible creator in any sense. Like, I don't think he could create anything.
0: No. And he doesn't. Like – all he creates is problems,
1: <laughs> yeah, and it's interesting because when I was coming up with best, like some of the other names that were they' cropping up on my list were like Viola, for similar reasons to Rosalind. Mm-hmm. And I think she doesn't have so much of that humor and like the the sort of dynamism of Rosalind, but she has the same, you know, observation and self-awareness, and she can see the ridiculousness in the situation. Um, I
0: feel like I feel like Viola is a little, maybe a little too internal to be a really good comic artist because there's there's a level of of heightened emotion in her and like I don't want to say taking things personally but I think that she would be you know you're gonna have to take criticism or judgment and I think she maybe uh Rosalind maybe pushes that off shakes that off a little bit easier than Viola does yeah
1: I mean I think Viola's probably closer to Viola's personality in being (laughs) You know, slightly insecure about my, like, you know, nine years into this, I still am finding the urge to say, oh, well, it's it's just stick figures. It's not real art or anything no, like stop that. It. So, oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I feel like Viola would be like like that. She'd be more insecure about, like, oh, I don't know if I want to put this out there. Like, I feel really vulnerable Yeah. doing this. Um, whereas Rosalind, I think, has this more like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to do this. It's fun. Have fun. Ha- you know, enjoy it. So if I you think like Ros- it, you e- like it. If you exactly. don't, you don't. Yeah, so Rosalind's probably my aspirational <laughs> role model for being a cartoonist at this point, rather than who I actually am.
0: I love that. <laughs> there are some good, and it's funny because I think, to me, all of the characters that, as I was thinking of, you know, who you might bring to the table for this, all of the characters that I thought would be the best are all women.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's really, yeah that that is very, very interesting. Um, I it, it's it's I think again, it's the degree of sort of uh. I think for me anyways, what I think are important qualities of being self-aware and then having empathy. Right. And I think like I was thinking about Richard the Third. like he's got a lot of quality. Like it would be fun to see a comic strip written by Richard the Third, but it would also be a very different thing to say peanuts. It would be, uh, yeah, yes. it, it, yeah, it would be, it would be, it would be bizarre and engaging, but it would not be like Lucy and Linus and, Football, it's right? Yeah,
0: it would be. It would definitely be engaging and interesting. It would not be because, like, I feel like his idea—he would he would create something and be like, "That's funny," but like, (laughs) it's not. It's like really dark and twisted in a way that everyone is reading it and can't look away from it.
1: But it's not funny. (laughs) I mean, that's the thing about comics is is almost, with maybe the exception of Coriolanus, I could see (laughs) almost every character in Shakespeare. Like being able to do a comic of some sort, a comic, comic book, graphic novel, political cartoons. I had our friend Austin Titchener suggested that Lear's Fool would be a wonderful political cartoonist. Um, Yeah, I think So I I think you could take, you could almost do an exercise where you take any character in Shakespeare and figure out what kind of comic they would create. Because I think, you know, even the ones who you wouldn't think of as being funny or creative, they could come up with something. And I mean, that's been the fun part about comics on the internet. Uh, as a medium, because there are no limits, there are no confines. Like, I work within the very standard sort of newspaper, three panel strip format, but really on, on the internet, you could do any kind of comic about any kind of subject. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are a lot of really disturbing, problematic comics out there that I fortunately <laughs> haven't stumbled upon, and yes. I can see lots of Shakespeare characters going that direction.
0: Yeah, and, well, and a lot of comic creators who, for how popular their comics may have been, uh, have not learned and grown as humans <laughs> with time. Uh, and then you're like, well, maybe they were just a bad person the whole time. Uh, <laughs> but a lot of those I can see from Shakespeare as well.
1: Yeah. So I, I, I would say, I mean, I, I definitely gave you a hard sell there because I think really Corleone is the only one I can't see doing What do you anything. mean? I did
0: such, I did such <laughs> a good job. You
1: did a fantastic job with a really, really bad <laughs> apple.
0: Yeah, like, y'all, what do you think? Do you think Coriolanus would be the best comic artist in all of Shakespeare? Or do you think Rosalind would be the
1: best? I mean, in favor of Coriolanus, he loves painting images with blood. So, you know, there, you got that.
0: Th- that's an image. That's an <laughs> image to, uh, to close this out on. Mia, thank you so much for coming on.
1: Thanks for having me on. This was fun.
0: I really, I really love your work. I cannot overstate that enough. It's been a constant little joy nugget of Shakespeare for so long. And congratulations on hitting a decade just about. <laughs> it's incredible. Um, crazy. Drop those links where people can find it, and I will put them
1: in the show notes as well. Awesome. Thank you so much.
0: Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll see you all next week.